Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man. I got caught up in the worship. I, yeah. And I, I, mean, we, I missed my cue. <laughs> <laughs> I missed my cue to come up. I'm like, oh man, the time was out. Uh, this but, is live. Yes. That's why. That's we can do <laughs> that, it with a live. But I will tell you, I, and let me just, you know, compliment you because you've been focusing on the praise and worship and that aspect of service and having uh, Israel and Darwin and everyone stepping up. It has taken our praise and worship a whole new level. And we're grateful to God, and we want to keep, keep that momentum going. Yes, but I, I, I would love to take the credit, but Kelvin, Jossie, Kim, Sarah, they really stepped up, uh, you know, and, and you, you see how, you know, as we move from one level to the other, right, our best becomes mediocre, is what right. you taught us. But not only that, you see the need to really self-reflect, right, and then to watch and say, okay, who am I? And being vulnerable and transparent enough to be open, they say, okay, there's some issues that were okay at this level, but as we grow, right, those issues can't come with us. Those issues have to be addressed. And not saying that there was major issues, but you can see how, uh, even for me, looking at, you know, say, okay, Jamal Bernard, what do you need to work on? Yeah. Right, as, as we grow. And I, I, just to see Sarah, Jossie, Kelvin, and Kim come together and really work and push and say, okay, no, we see the vision, we see it. It, and it has been squeezing them. Yes. But the juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Think about it. We live life on, you, you, you've heard this again and again here at Christian Cultural Center. We experience life on levels yes. and we arrive in stages. And as we move from one level to another, it, we, we, we move to a new level of knowledge, yes. understanding, wisdom, relationships, mm -hmm. authority, and it requires a deepening of our character. Yes. And that's the part that's mm -hmm. critical. That's where all the issues come up. That's where we require vulnerability and transparency. And sometimes the intimacy of relationships have to change because everybody's not willing to move, not yep. willing to wrestle through those stages in order to move to the next level of life and ministry. Yes. So um, we are, CCC, moving to new levels. Yes. And new levels, new devils. Yep, and, and Jossie, Kelvin, and Kim transitioned, and Sarah transitioned very well with the changes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, part of that is, is, is leadership. I mean, everything rises and falls on leadership. Yes. So when you have leadership that uh, is, is competent and uh, has a sense of vision and direction, people tend to fall behind that kind of leadership. So it has been amazing. So I'm very excited. Yes. Because there is renewal taking place in the world, but especially in our nation and in our society. And I get to travel and interact with all kinds of uh, Christians and Christian leaders uh, on both sides of the political aisle, uh, both sides when it comes to social issues. Uh, and I, I appreciate that gift 
to be able to navigate all of those different worlds and to hear from all of those different perspectives because it helps you shape and fashion my own perspective so it's not in a silo, it's not narrow, it's not in a bubble because we have too many people who live in a bubble and as a result, you know, um, we have all of this polarization and <laughs> demonization and taking sides. It's like you can't have an opinion without taking sides. Mm -hmm. and, and we've got to move beyond that. But everywhere I go, there is talk about revival, renewal. And interesting thing is because amongst my, my white colleagues in ministry across the country, and these are very high-profile individuals, they keep saying, he said, you know, Bernard, um, the, the, the next move of the Holy Spirit in the United States, we believe is going to come from the church of color. Now, I didn't say that. They <laughs> said it. I agree. <laughs> but they said it because there is a stirring. And with all of the, the nuns, duns, and ums. Did you hear about the ums? Yes, the ums. Okay, so we got nuns, dums, and duns. Not dums, but duns and ums. And these are classifications of people, the nuns, those yeah. who are unaffiliated no now, affiliated. you know, with any particular church. The duns who are just fed up with religion. Or burnt out. And, yeah, burnt out. Mm -hmm. And now there's a new category called the UMS, U-M-M-S. And those are individuals who are not sure. They're looking for a home. They're looking for a place of worship where they can settle down. So it, it, it's, it's in flux. And that is how revival takes place. Revival disrupts. It, it troubles the waters and then brings the kind of reflection that you were talking about, personal reflection, yep. right? A relational reflection, and it begins to make you rethink who you are, your relationship to the kingdom, to God, and to purpose. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things is, is when you start looking at the worth of certain relationships. Mm. Are certain relationships worth me being in? in? Ooh, uh-oh, that's, that's easy. Stop talking about relationships. Well, you know, well think about all, all the millennials perk up, the Gen Zs perk up, the Gen Xs perk up, baby boomers. We've been through it, so it's like, you know. Think about it, because I, I think uh, in order for us to have revival as a church, we have to have unity. Yeah. Yeah, and I think unity, it's funny because the prerequisite to unity is division, mm -hmm. because unity divides you from those things that are not healthy in order yep. to unite around what is healthy, what is valuable. And I think the church is going through a lot of exposure yeah. to the unhealthy aspect uh, of, of some of the you know, things that's going on in the church. I think um, people feel that, oh, you know, the church is going to take a hard hit. Yes, the church is going to take a hard hit, but I think it's necessary in order for us to rebound yeah. Go higher yeah. than where we were before. Hey, look, we've been at this for 2,000 years, we Christians. So yes. we've been through ups and downs and all types of attacks and issues within the church and outside of the church, mm -hmm. and it continues to survive. We are still the church triumphant. And Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Yes. And he's coming back for a church that has been purged mm -hmm. and, and cleansed and so that is the work of the Holy Spirit, and we're seeing more of that. There's a purging that's going on in Christianity, in Christendom uh, at large. And you can see that God is involved because as you see the, the, the emergence of 
some of the stuff that's surfacing, you know, our, our dirty laundry, family dirty laundry that's surfacing. You also see the emergence of certain leadership with certain powerful voices that are happening at the same time. So you, you see both happening. And as, as things start to die down with, you know, some of the nonsense, you still see the emergence. And I think that's when you see God's hand uh, that's involved with the, the next level of the church and what we see going on. Uh, people are looking for leadership and ministry that has stood the test of time. Yes that has kept the faith, that has stayed uh, on track. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for integrity, they're looking for confidence. And today's Palm Sunday, and we're a shout out to Jim and Nellie Halleck out there in Dallas, Texas land. <laughs> All right, we love you guys, we yeah. appreciate you, and thank you for your prayers. And we welcome those of you who are joining us from around the world as well as across the country and across the street. So, praise the Lord. <laughs> so, today is Palm Sunday, and when I grew up a kid, as a kid, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and that was my family religion, even though I went to the Methodist Church so I could play CYO ball. I went to the Lutheran Church because they had a great vacation Bible study program, and I went uh, to the Baptist Church across the street because they fed you after Sunday school. <laughs> And did I miss anybody? The Methodist Church is where I played basketball. Okay, good. I got them all. I had religion. <laughs> I didn't have Jesus. <laughs> I, was, I didn't have religion. <laughs> but we would I'd look, look forward, and Palm Sunday was about getting the palm, shaping it into a cross, tacking it up on the wall over your bed so you are protected until next Palm Sunday. Wait, wait. They really thought? Yeah, it was protection. So that palm is going Don't you to see the movies? So you hold up the cross, and that palm, you put it over your bed, and you're protected. Please don't tell me that people believe that still today. Yeah, well, I don't know if they still believe it. I don't, but when we were younger, we thought that, you know, it was a, a religious relic. It was just something that we didn't realize the symbolism of it, and I didn't know, really, what Palm Sunday was about until I got converted and became a Christian. So what is Palm Sunday about? That's so funny, right? Because as I was preparing, because you had asked me that question, and uh, some of the old school teachings came up in my mind, and, and I said, well, you know, I really have to put myself in that day, right, as much as, I, as, much as possible as I can. And I landed at the, the text that Reggie uh, read, which is Luke chapter uh, 19, 29, 1928, okay. right, 1928 to 40. And when you read that text, there's so much going on in that text. And, and you know, we, we can refer to it because, once again, Reggie read it. Um, but Luke chapter uh, 19, verse 28. What translation? ESV? N NLT. NLT, okay. Yep. Luke 19, 28. Yes. And if we can go there real quick. Uh, as we read this, there's so much going on in this text, and I, I, I ran down some rabbit holes, right? And this was this the scary process that I went to <laughs> as I ran down those rabbit holes because you see, in this text, you see so many different 
uh, books of the Old Testament or different texts from the Old Testament, whether it's Psalms 118, Zechariah 9.9, uh, you know, some of the other, uh, I, I think it's Daniels or, or I mean, Numbers or Deuteronomy, and you just see so much going on. I know. It was, I said, man, my dad really messed me up. Because you're going from Sunday school teachings, right, and some of the other teachings that you see on TV and hear about, uh, you know, about this triumphant entry, and one of the key questions you asked me is, why was it triumphant? Why was the entry triumphant? No, because I mean, if you look at the, what happened within a week, mm-hmm. right, why was that entry triumphant? And then you, you, so I landed at the cult, right? And what did the cult, because Luke and Mark signifies and really talks about the cult and the cult being never ridden before. So the donkey. Right, the donkey. The cult is yes, a baby donkey. donkey. The cult is an unwritten donkey, a baby donkey. Baby donkey. And, <laughs> and it was significant because... I said, okay, Mark, why are you sitting there talking about this cult and this donkey so much? And, and, and the, the realization was that an unwritten donkey was a donkey that a lot of people wouldn't even try to ride. So hasn't said, been broken in. Yeah, it hasn't been broken in. It hasn't been tamed. It hasn't been, you know, uh, associated with a relationship with, with you know, man and, and donkey. So there was no relationship established. I said, wow. So he's, it's a triumphant entry. And he's riding on something that has not established a proper relationship mm. with humanity. Mm. So, you know, mm. I went through there, mm. right? That's the first rabbit hole I went through. See the symbolism. <laughs> right? <laughs> riding on an untamed beast. Yes, yes, pretty much. Right? And it, and, but, it, and, and it was totally subject. And look how it cooperated. Yeah. Right? And look how it cooperated. First, with, it cooperated with the, because the disciples, and this is where I went, I, and I'm just telling you my journey on responding to my dad's answer. Is that all right? Can we go there? My question, yeah. My <laughs> I mean, question. your question, yes. Yeah. Because it, it, it just talks about the power of God moving forward to address an individual or a situation or a circumstance before he even interacts with it. So he said, go get the cult. Mm-hmm. So he gave the authority to the disciples to go deal with an untamed animal to bring it to him without knowing that what they were going to deal with. Mm. And I said, wow, God. That's amazing. That, that, that message in itself, because Jesus didn't touch or deal with the animal yet. It was the disciples first, but yes, it still obeyed. It cooperated. It still cooperated. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first rabbit hole I ran through right Okay, now. that's good. You're doing good, Richard. <laughs> Give me some more. Give me some more. <laughs> so, so then the, the, the second rabbit hole I ran down was the fact of them singing Hosanna. Right, so this is the, the, uh, the this is the time of Passover, Passover feast. Now, of course, Palm Sunday is a week before Passover. Yes, yes. And so, so all this is going on. Yeah, so so you have Jews coming from different areas of, of the known globe, mm-hmm. right? The known land mass that was you know Asia Minor, the known world. Yeah, yeah the known world, the world, Asia Minor, stuff like that. And and so these individuals traveled far and wide. You had Jews that were you know local and far and wide. And here it is. Uh, they normally sing. Psalms 118 talks about, you know, they, they sing Hosanna. Hosanna, sing and praises to God was nothing different, right? But there was something different about this day because there was this thing called hope, right? The tangible hope of this person called Jesus Christ, right? And, and, th- th- and this is where I landed. I landed at the tangible hope of Jesus Christ entering and fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9. Uh-huh. That's the one. 
right? We need to go remember, there. They, they we need singing. to go there, yeah. They, were sing, there. They, they normally sang every Passover, and this wasn't the first Passover feast. This wasn't the second Passover feast. This is a part of tradition. So they already, they already sang. They had their, their, their songs, their instruments, whatever you wanted to use in order to celebrate this, this, this thing. But now, here it is, Emmanuel. Now here it is, the fulfillment of this prophecy. And, and the thing about it was, it wasn't just that it was a, a regular prophecy. It was a known prophecy. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, very was well known. known. Yes. Zechariah, that behold, your king comes yes. riding yep. on the back of a donkey. Yep. Listen yep. up, Zion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and the whole idea of laying your coat goes back to, uh, to the book of Kings, Second Kings. When you lay your coat down... Mm-hmm and palm branches, which were laid down, you only did that to honor a king. Yes. So all of their activities was to honor Christ as the king, which means they now viewed him, all right? The crowds, the masses viewed him as a king. Go ahead. So so here it is, he's a king. Get my end there. (laughs) And so, you know, and he was referred to the son of David, mm-hmm. and here he's coming into the, 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 the neighborhood, David's neighborhood, right? So it's, it's just, it was just so many different things lining up and, yeah. and happening. And, you, and you wonder why it's triumphal, why it's called a triumphal yes. entry, because a week later, he's arrested, mock trial, crucified on the cross. Yeah, because so, the same crowd is, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna. Well, Hosanna to the son of David pointed to the Davidic king. Yes. Because Messiah would be the son of David and sit on the throne of David as been promised uh, by the prophecies. Mm -hmm. So, so, So put yourself... In, 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 in a place, right? We're standing by, and here it is, you're living a life, right? Under oppression, under suppression, under, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Roman rule. Roman yep. rule. Yep. You know, improper taxation, you know, which sounds like, you know, something... <laughs> <laughs> you mean there's proper taxation? <laughs> <laughs> Excessive taxation. Okay, yeah, and, 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 the, you know, and you're being mistreated, and here it is, you're, 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 you, you see this individual that you feel... There's hope. Right? Yeah. And, and come on, we, let's, let's put ourselves He's there. He's going to liberate. We, we, our backs are, are, are tired. Uh, the burden is, is heavy. You know, we, we, we're dealing with so much right now. And here it is, this, this, this Emmanuel, you know, right? the son of David, King David, uh, you know, uh, lineage is coming in. And there is an excitement and, and because they think that they're about to get delivered. liberated. Yeah. Salvation, right? So, so yeah. salvation was a part of the conversation. But it wasn't the kind of salvation they expected. Hey, people, it was an insurrection. Yeah. They, 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 and, 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 like, even, look at the conversation that Peter had on a consistent basis with Jesus. Is it now? Is it now? Yeah. Is this <laughs> Are time? we overthrowing this now? Time, the kingdom. And, and that was the mindset of Israel, which was very important. And also understand what happened, what took place a week, the week before. Yes. The week before, Another rabbit hole. there was the resurrection of Lazarus. Yes. And words spread like wildfire uh, about Lazarus's resurrection. Yes. And the day uh, of Palm Sunday, that, well, the day before Palm Sunday, Jesus was actually in Bethany. Mm-hmm. This was after he raised Lazarus from the dead. He was in Bethany at the home of Lazarus with Lazarus and his two sisters. So by now, the curiosity mm-hmm. has swelled the people now expect him to come to the feasts of the Passover, 
which was that week. And so the, the, the momentum was there. The crowd was ready for it. And they were now ready to declare him king. Because remember, when he fed the 5,000, they were so taken back that they wanted at that moment yep. to crown him king. And he backed away uh, because they're not the ones who are going to you know, give him a kingdom. So there, you have all this momentum going into the Feast of the Passover. You have the miracles culminating to them, all right, in the resurrection of Lazarus, and now the king. So Hosanna is celebrating the king. Yeah, so in, in their mindset, they were thinking about this monarch is about to be established that day. So it was triumphant because, you know, and, and from, from and, and, and don't look at triumphant from a perspective of knowing what we know now. Mm-hmm. Look at triumphant, and that's why I had to do yeah, You got to put yourself in that day and that time. Day yeah. Because we can say triumphant yeah. because, oh, you know, God died, you know, on the cross, was risen, stuff like that. And so we land at the cross, and I mean, at the resurrection, and we go back to Palm Sunday. Normal Christians land at the resurrection and go back to Palm Sunday and say, this is why I was triumphant. Yeah. But the triumphant mindset was not based on the resurrection from after the cross, but with, with the, the building of this monarch that was going to deliver us from this Roman regime. Yeah, yeah. And, and look... Uh, there had been hundreds of years that Israel had been un- under Gentile power. Uh, the captivity in Babylon, and then to the Medes, then to the Persians, and now to the, to the Romans. Mm-hmm. So the promise was that when Messiah would come, that he would deliver them from oppression. So they were looking at a political leader, a son of David, mm-hmm. a political king yes. who would now overthrow. Yep. So the tension was great because as the crowds, you know, began to swell around him and now he's fulfilling the prophecy of, 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 of Zechariah on the back of a donkey marching down, you know, uh, uh, towards the temple. And when he gets there, what does he do? He <laughs> overturns yes. the tables of the money changer. Yep. Mm. And yeah, this is our man. This is the this is the one right here. You go you go from 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 the 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 the, the miracle uh, Jesus that's making wine now to the Jesus that's flipping tables. So you yeah, the wine Jesus to the whipping Jesus, right? The, the, the wine Jesus. <laughs> the, yeah, the, with that. Did you say? Careful yeah, with the wine Jesus. Yeah. But but also let me also paint more of the picture as I did more research. You you even the Romans. Were concerned. Yeah. So on the other side of town was Pilate coming in with his garrison of soldiers on the horse. On the other end, not knowing what was going to happen, because remember, there was a coup years ago that the Jews tried to overthrow. Yeah. There were several, several right? insurrections. So it yeah. was, it was yeah. one major, main insurrection. So this is all going on. So here it is. This environment was, the tension was crazy. And you had the religious leaders. Yes, the religious leaders. Who, who were upset with the crowds. Mm-hmm. And that's where the conversation, where, you know, that stopped them from, you know, from cheering. And he said, <laughs> you know, uh, if they stop, these rocks will cry out. And that was, that was my, praise. my last rabbit hole. Because there's that song that says, you know, he, uh, it says, God of creation. Now, I wish I could sing, right? <laughs> and he said, even if the rocks cry out. And when I went down that rabbit hole, it was amazing, his response. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about his relationship with creation. Yeah. 
Yeah. His power over yeah. creation. And I got a message from that. And he, I want to hear that <laughs> message. And he demonstrated that. But, but here, here's the missing element, all right, because we know, because we look back. And understand, in those days when this was happening, they, they were not looking to a resurrection. They were not looking to a cross Mm-mm. or his death. That was far from their mind. Okay. As far as they knew, Jesus is the Davidic king. And, and they didn't realize that the oppression that he came to resolve was a deeper oppression than oppression yeah, from the Roman yeah, government. Yeah, yeah. And it's I'm, called I'm, oppression I'm of the We'll talk about this next week, um, Easter Sunday, talk about the Exodus. But um, he, and, and understand some other things, because the Passover goes back to their exodus from mm-hmm. Egypt. Yep. And there are certain things that took place mm-hmm. during yep. the night of the death of the firstborn. So what God told the people of Israel, and, and, and he told them to institute it, is that so, so on the day of um, the, what we celebrate as Palm Sunday, right? So in the scripture in the Gospel of John chapter 12, Jesus is at the home of Lazarus in Bethany. And the next day is the day that he comes to Jerusalem and makes his triumphant uh, entry. The Passover lamb was prepared five days prior to the slaughter of the lamb. At this Passover, there would be over 250,000 lambs slain as part of the Passover festival. But that was instituted during the Exodus. So here's what would happen. Five days prior, right, to the actual sacrificing, you would have to find a lamb without blemish, bring it into your home, and the family would raise the lamb for five days. And that's, that's another sermon, mm-hmm. because raising a lamb like that over a five-day period, you're building a relationship, especially the children would build a relationship of love with this animal to then have to turn around and surrender that animal that they've now fallen in love with for slaughter, mm-hmm. for sacrifice. So this was the Passover. They got so caught up in the Davidic king that they forgot that there was another element to the Passover, which was the lamb that would be slain. And that's what they missed. That was the element that was missing. There are three, we'll go to the board real quick, if I can build on what you started here, the trouble you started. (laughs) It's amazing because the picture is not painted well. You know, this is hundreds of thousands Think about hundreds of thousands of Jews screaming Hosanna. You know what kind of intimidation that's going to bring to whatever you know, leadership is out there that's oppressing a group of individuals? So the deeper, the, the oppression was deep, but Jesus came to resolve the deeper problem, the deeper oppression, which was sin. Sin was a deeper oppression that Jesus came to deal with and they didn't realize that that's what he came to do with first. And too often we expect you know, Christ to come and deal with certain things a certain way, and we don't realize there's something deeper that, we have, that has to be dealt with before he can deal with what really is bothering you. 
Can I, can I say that again? Sometimes we, have to, we don't realize that what, in order for him to resolve X, he has to deal with something that's deeper, which is called Y. The exodus from Egypt was the physical yes. exodus of a people, mm -hmm. but it was a type and shadow, according to Hebrews, pointing to something that would come in the future. Yes. So they went through the Lamb, and it became such a ritual that they forgot what it was pointing to. And the fact that Jesus was walking triumphantly, yes, but he was still, remember what John the Baptist said, uh, after the uh, baptism of Jesus, the next day Jesus comes walking, and John says what? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Mm -hmm. So in the Old Testament, there are three images of Jesus, but there's no indication of how they work together. You have in Isaiah chapter 11, the Davidic king. Messiah would be the king of, uh, the son of David who would sit on the throne of David. And of his throne, it, he would be forever, right? Unbroken. In Daniel chapter 7, there is this supernatural figure called the son of man that emerges and establishes a kingdom that there will be no end. In the Book of Isaiah, chapter 53, we have, who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Right? He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Yes. So in Isaiah, we have the picture of the suffering servant. So you have these three images not knowing how they work together. Mm -hmm. So what image are the Jews going to gravitate to? They're going to gravitate to the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant, that the Messiah would be the anointed one, the son of David. And that's why they said, Hosanna in the highest. Yes. Hosanna to the son of David. Yes. Because in their minds, this is the Jesus. This is the Jesus they wanted and needed. And how often do we... Ah, that's where we're going with this. Come on. <laughs> All right, so I'll be here. Son, son of man. Yes. Son of man was a supernatural individual. Mm -hmm. He, this, this Davidic king would emerge from the people. Yes. The son of man would come down from heaven. Remember, Jesus said, I've come yes. to do my father's will, right? And the suffering servant would die on a cross as a sacrificial lamb. And in the, the, the Jewish mind, we look back and we understand it, but in the Jewish mind, they did not see these distinctions. So where will you gravitate? Look, if you have a choice, you're going to pick the Jesus that relates to your circumstances. <laughs> yes, yep. And we do that today. Yes. Liberation theology yes. comes from the whole idea of Jesus as the liberator. Yes. The one, the whole Exodus story, set people free, take them out of bondage. So we have liberation theology that has taken place around the world, and some people still subscribe to it in a physical sense, that they can gather and protest against oppressive regimes in the name of Jesus, and they frame it around the, 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 the liberating Jesus. Yes. Right? And then you, you, you have those who just... Focus on the suffering Jesus, who was passive, and, and that's how they understand Christianity, and that's how they, they live out their Christian life, until Jesus comes to get them. <laughs> and then you have the supernatural Jesus, and you have Christians who 
are revolving around the supernatural Jesus. So they want to do miracles and experience miracles and have the power of God and the authority of Christ and their service of worship, their theology is all built around that. So exactly what the Jews did, all right, we're doing today. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is all three of these culminate, all three of these culminate in the one true Jesus. Yes. All are represented in him. But we pick and choose what we want, what relates to us, and we try to create our own Jesus. I was at a conference at the uh, National Religious Broadcasters, and I got a chance to share, and I was sharing with them that, you know, before I came to Christ, I saw all these different images of Jesus. I saw a Middle Eastern Jesus. I saw an Indian Jesus. I saw an Asian Jesus with slanted eyes. And this is is all artwork that I looked at. I I saw the the white, uh, (laughs) blue-eyed Jesus. Uh, I saw the dark-haired Jesus. And down in the hood on Fulton Street, Brooklyn, there was Jesus right out of the book of Revelation. He had this white, woolly afro. (laughs) And he had flames in his eyes, and that was the Jesus of the hood. That was the black Jesus. Yes. And, and, and will the real Jesus please stand up? <laughs> so which Jesus do, do we attract to? Um, to this day, if you, if you read the book of Colossians and you look at all the images of Jesus mm-hmm. there, he is the cosmic ruler of the yeah. universe, mm-hmm. challenging principalities and powers, challenging institutions because he's Lord over them all. And then if you read the book of Philippians, he's the humble servant (laughs) who put aside power and thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took upon himself the form of a servant. You know, so if you read that book and that's the Jesus you gravitate to, he's all of that. Yes, yes. In him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that's why I'm getting getting pumped. That's why you heard him again and again demonstrate that he is Yahweh come in the flesh. Because when Yahweh appeared to Moses to send him to deliver the people uh, of of the children of Israel from out of Egypt, Moses asked the question, who shall I say sent me? And what did he say? I I am. am. So Jesus comes and what does he say? I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He that's seen me has seen the Father. He presents himself as the I am. So you can't pick and choose. There's one Jesus. And all of life, all of life comes together in him. He's so multifaceted. And that's why people can pick aspects of his character and his work and his ministry and say, no, that's Jesus. No, 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 that's Jesus. No, no, that's Jesus. No. We have to understand. And that's why we have to study the Scripture Mm -hmm. to understand. So they were gravitating to the Davidic king. Yes. Right? They weren't thinking about sacrificial lamb. Mm -hmm. That was just a tradition Yep. That they were involved in. I got they because remember they had their lamb. That's it. It was already there. They had their yeah, lamb. I came with my lamb. They didn't see yep. him as the ultimate lamb of God mm-hmm. that would take away the sin of the world. Next week I'm going to talk about the parallels between the two exoduses. But that is what was missed, and it's so easy mm-hmm. to read the scripture through our own lens yes. and try to pick and choose the Jesus that we want. The Jesus who will make us feel better about ourselves or speak to our situation. 
Jesus speaks to that situation and many other situations. And that's why, we, you know, within Christianity, we have all of these different camps, different uh, doctrines, mm -hmm. different practices and whatnot. And what do we all say? No, I'm right. Yeah. No, no, I'm right. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just I had to tell one brother, I said, look, you have a right to be wrong. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm not going to argue with you anymore. No, we can't put Jesus in a box Mm -hmm. and make him the Jesus that we want. Yep. God is so big, so humongous, that he could only answer when asked his name, I am that I am. Yep. I am whatever I need to be whenever and wherever I need to yes. be it. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's the God that we serve. Yes. That's the God who loves us. That's the God who's there for us. That is the God who's king. That is a God who is supernatural. That is a God who suffers and feels what we feel. He's a God that relates to every aspect of the human experience, and we can relate to him. I'm preaching now. Yes, you are. I'm telling you. <laughs> yes, you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you think about Palm Sunday, we have the whole purview. Yes. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the whole perspective mm -hmm. from, like you said, resurrection back. Yep. But in those days, they didn't. They had to have a revelation that would come after. And it's funny because once he died on that cross, it was the Roman soldiers yes. who said, this must be mm -hmm. the son yep. of God. Yep. Hallelujah. That's I'm good. good, man. That's good. <laughs> I'm done. Palm Sunday. <laughs> yes, yeah, Palm Sunday. <laughs> Palm Sunday. And, Representing and, our victory yes. over sin, yes. death, mm. and the devil. Yep. And, yeah. and, and the reality is, when we look at it now, Palm Sunday allows us to walk in a manner when we have to, because of the Spirit through us, to enter a room like a king. Yeah. Come on. Right? To, to, to understand that we have a, a specific authority to speak over certain things. Yeah. Right? So, so we, you know, we see the King David in us. You know, we can see the power of God in us. And we also have to understand because people are suffering, because people are broken, because people are wounded, that we will suffer with them. And then that's the ministry. Because uh, one of the things I, put down, I wrote down, it says that when, 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 when Christ walked in triumphantly, it gave us the ability to walk triumphantly. He walked in the authority yes. of his royal kingship. Yes. Yep. And we walk in that. And understand that once the exodus from Egypt took place, mm -hmm. it was time to build a nation, yes. to build a people. Yep. And he would make them the head and not the tail, yes. place them above uh, and not up. beneath. They will be the lender and not the borrower. Well, guess what? Jesus said, mm -hmm. I will build my church. And when he walked out of the grave on Resurrection Sunday, mm -hmm. all right, that's when he began to build a new nation that he would also make the head and not the tail place above and not beneath, and make us the lenders and not the borrowers. And the only reason we're not experiencing it is because we have not obeyed his word. Amen. Because his word Amen. tells us how to become all that we can be in him and experience his abundant life. So let me, Hallelujah. Let me end with three things that I wrote down. Number one, if you want to walk triumphantly, then you need to fully surrender to God. Mm. Yeah. You need to fully surrender to God. Number two, 
You need to really let go. Let go of the past hurts, pains, decisions, and embrace the future. Right? Because Dr. R says you, you can't hold on to, to the past and grab, the, grab after the future, and you end up stretching yourself so thin That's it painful. can become no good. Yes. That's painful. <laughs> and number three, really, really focus on the will of God in your life and stop paying attention to what God's doing in somebody else's life. Yeah. Yeah. What God is doing in someone else's life is to inspire you and motivate you. Yes. Not provoke you to jealousy yes. and envy. Yes. And strife. Yep. Amen. And Good well, stuff, man. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> oh. And we have a minister. Yes. Who's right going here. to pray for you if you're not a member of the family of God. Yes. Amen, family. I pray that you receive this incredible word from our pastors. And as they were sharing, um, this scripture came up that I want to read to you, and this is from Isaiah. And Isaiah is prophetically describing Christ, the Christ that would come in the New Testament. He says this in Isaiah 53, and I'm reading it from the message version of the Bible. From verse 1, it says, Who believes what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? Verse 2 says, The servant grew up before God, a scrawny ceiling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. Verse 4. But the fact is, it was our pains that he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the whole punishment and that made us whole through his bruises we get healed through his bruises we get healed so if you're listening right now and you've never surrendered your life to Christ but you know God's been speaking to you and you know that God has done an incredible work on the cross just for you to come to this moment to say yes because he was bruised for you. I know in times past you may have looked past him, maybe because of what other Christians have done. We all need him. None of us are perfect. I said to a friend one time that people are messy. Christians can be messy too because we're still people. But God is not messy. But he took our mess. So if I'm talking to you, right where you are, I want you to surrender to him right now. All you got to do is close your eyes, lift your hands. And I want you to repeat these words after me. Say, Father God, here I am. Everything that I am, everything that I'm not. Lord, I'm messed up. I'm messy. Lord God, I'm disfigured inside. I'm 
challenged, I'm hurt, I'm angry, I'm lost, I'm confused, I'm tired, I'm weary, but I need you. And I thank you today. I know you've been calling me, so I'll open up my heart to you right now. Help me, God. Help me to grow. Help me to overcome. Help me to learn. Help me to follow you. I surrender. I give my life to you today. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I give you my all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. It's just that simple, fam. Welcome. Come on, welcome to the family of God. We love you. We love you. We love you. And right there on the bottom of your screen, there should be a number and a text where you can call in, ask any question that you want. We want to reach back to you. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Amen. God bless you, fam. Amen, 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 amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And like I usually say, the journey is not easy, but it is possible. So stay focused. And if this is authentic, you're going to work hard at loving this and enjoying this process. And if you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior in that prayer, um, we welcome you to the family of God. And you can text SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 631-250-2688. And I'm squinting because I'm farsighted. 718-306-1061, the alternate number. Or you can, of course, go to cccinfo.org. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> so we're going to close it up. Yes. You want my glasses? You don't have your glasses? No. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to understand and get a, a bigger, broader, panoramic perspective of this triumphant entry, understanding the, 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 the different ways Jesus interacted with humanity. So Lord, we ask that you just open us up to not be fixed or stubborn. And as we experience the different Jesuses in our lives, whether it's the King David Jesus or the, or the, 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 the Son of God, Son of Man Jesus, or the suffering Jesus, whatever it is, Lord, we ask that we don't go in it with such a, a, a small mind that we miss the big picture. So we say thank you so much for this revelation knowledge. In Jesus' precious, precious name, amen and amen. Amen and amen. And thank you for being with us. So, no cross, no crown. No cross, no crown. Amen. That's it. You've got to pick it. up the cross. Yep. You want the crown. At the end of Luke, he said, I had to go through all of this so that I can be glorified. Come on, come on. That's it. <laughs> Gotta suffer in order to experience the glory. Yes, amen. Till next time. Yes. Thank you for being with us. And we say... As we leave this place for another God's presence, Jesus, Jesus is Lord, period. We believe we, it, we, we proclaim it, it and, and we're seeing it come to pass. pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard Podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless. Mm-hmm.